In this episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, I'm joined by Ashton Smith. Ashton Smith is a a former Special Olympic athlete swimmer, as well as she was born with a visual disability. So, yeah, man, this episode is really fun. We start off the episode by talking about how we first got connected through a mutual connection. Um, And she started liking my content on LinkedIn and really took a liking to what I was doing. Um, so that's how we got connected. And then um, we spoke about how she first got her start in swimming and being introduced to swimming at the age of eight years old and really taking it seriously once she found or once she witnessed uh, somebody almost drown. She knew that there was an importance in swimming. She talks about the fact that a lot of people, especially a lot of people in the black community, don't even really spend time in the swimming pools and that she shares that today there's so much out there on information about swimming that she feels that um, people should really be able to swim and I you know I shared in the, you know as in our conversation as well that in the black community culturally it's just not something that people do so that's kind of why that usually is that way when it comes to swimming uh, we talk about how she started training with Team the USA camps in high school and how vigorous that was, three-hour trainings, and also the uh, ability she learned the importance of how to, you know, eat right nutritionally and the things that they were teaching and weightlifting and all those type of things to get prepared to swim, you know. She talks about, you know, the fact that she played several sports with the Special Olympics, uh, basketball, uh, flag football, just to name a couple. Um, she shares that she competed in, in one of her first uh, competitions, in, uh, not first competitions, but she competed in 2018 in Seattle and medaled in several different events, and that was fun for her as well. Um, we end the episode talking about her time with ESPN she had a, an interview in ESPN but even though she feels like she really didn't gain that much from it more that more it was more of a special olympics gaining the 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 notoriety and she's really big Ashton's really big on being able to build a brand and something that she can be able to eventually support herself on and doing the stuff that she loves to do we also talked about um her uh, love for activism and why that's important to her as well as well as her uh desire to be a public speaker and also the fact that she wrote a book called swimming upstream and also really some of her daily struggles on what it takes or what it's like living every day with a disability and some of the things that she has to deal with so i hope you guys really enjoyed this episode Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast. This is episode number 28. 
And today I have a special guest, and this is uh, my friend um, Ashton Smith, who is a uh, ex Special Olympic athlete. And uh, I'm excited to have her on here because uh, you know this podcast is about a couple of it's three different things on this podcast that I cover. And it's about disability awareness, music business topics, and people's stories that encourage, inspire me. And she's not in the music business, but she definitely checks the other boxes. So I'm glad to have her on the um, the podcast. So, Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. And yourself? I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad to have you here with me today. Yeah, me too. Cool. So... So, so, yeah, so we got connected. I found out about, I guess you've actually found me because uh, yes. Yolanda, Yolanda, shout out to Yolanda and Ali, Yolanda, uh, I guess was a big, a big supporter of me because through the entertainment industry, and I guess you just started watching what I was doing on LinkedIn. I did. And I think that's how you initially connected with me because, uh, and you just started like obviously you knew the fact that I was born with this disability as well, just like what I was doing. I think that's how we initially connected. So, yeah, this was a few a few months ago. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Cool. That's right. So I feel like we yeah. have a connection. Exactly. 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 So, uh, so where are you originally from? So tell me where you originally from, and you know. All that. I am from uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, yeah. I'm from Dallas, Fort Worth. And, um, I, you know, I like this area. You know, I live here. I like it. It's awesome. Um, I've been I've been in Dallas, Fort Worth pretty much most of my life. Um, all of my life, actually. I've lived here. You know, I've lived here in Texas. Yes, sir. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I've I've lived I've lived in I've lived in this area all of my life. I'm from like I said, Ellis County, so I've lived here all of my life, and I, I like it. I mean, it's reasonable here as far as cost of living, and but it's all spread out here too. Texas is really is really spread, and uh, it's very spread out, and uh, but it but it's a good place, it's a solid place to live. I would say. Dallas Fort Worth. I've lived here all of my life. Okay, 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 cool. And so, um, what, what? So, what's the type of disability that you have? That you, what type of disability uh, do you have? Uh, my my disability. I'm visually impaired. I'm I'm blind in one eye. Is my disability? I was actually born like that. I was actually born okay uh, blind in one eye. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and I know I know that can't be easy. Uh, later on, we'll kind of talk about some of the struggles. I guess the daily struggles that I know you share with me all the time. Off, or we speak on the right, phone. Right, no doubt. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I know right. that that just you know that can't be easy when you're born with a disability, and and sometimes you feel like, man, this is unfair. Like, why do I? It's have difficult. Yeah, like you know, what what why, why, yeah, why do why, I have to have a disability? Exactly. And it, yeah, you know, and, and I feel that way too, you know, sometimes like why is it that I was chosen to have this, you know, when 
you know, there's all these other people in the world, but I was chosen to, you know, but I you chosen. Have, why do I have to? Well, I use the word chosen, chosen to bad word, but I was just, I, I'm the one that was born this way, or you were born the way you were born, you know, and sometimes it's like, right. damn, like, like, right. you because know, no, because the truth is, like, you know, we wouldn't wish this on nobody to have to deal with some of the things that we have to deal with as people with disabilities, you know. Because so, you're disabled too, and it is it is yeah. one of those things that uh, sometimes people write you off too. Let's be real: when you're disabled, some people don't don't think you can do very right. much for yourself, or uh, they enable you. And I don't want some. I don't want an enabler in my life. I need somebody to show me how to whatever it is provide for myself. Whatever it is that I can do to um, to be taught, and that's that's what I want in my life is to be taught properly and have solid information. And then from there, then I can take that information once I know it's good information and then go ahead and do something with it. But you can't do something with the wrong information. You might be able to, but it ain't gonna get you nowhere in life. So you want the right people in your life. Exactly. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally. You know, so I read in your bio that you began swimming at the age of eight, right? So you started stripping at the age of eight. Am I right about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, about the age of eight. Um, I yeah. swam at the uh, Waukesha YMCA over in Ellis County. Yeah, yeah. So what so what made you and, want to get yeah. what made you want to get into swimming? Like what out of everything you were doing, what 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 brought you to swimming? What made well when I was younger, um I saw somebody almost drown. So that would be a, a viable reason, let's be honest, to get into swimming because I didn't want there to be, I didn't want to, I mean, they, he got out and stuff, but mm-hmm. what if people weren't there? What if whatever? So I was like, I don't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be, you know, when you look up the statistics in Texas, I did. When I went to Special Olympics on ESPN, I talked about that on the air that Texas leads the nation in drownings and Texas still does to this day. Right. And I said, that's you are liable to be a statistic out here because a lot of people they're not. How can I say this? Only recently that did uh, places like the YMCA and uh, here over the years, the Y's been involved. But we need more people to help offer uh, formal swim lessons. I know uh, I was telling somebody that that's something that I would want to do. Uh, in uh, the black community or even speak on it, like publicly speak about it because I am a swimmer and I can swim so I can tell people, you know, why swimming is important. It's not about, you know, being able to go to Hurricane Harbor or whatever. I I wanted to learn how to swim because I didn't want to be a statistic. And then later on, once I could show efficiency to know how to swim, then my family felt comfortable sending me to places like the water park or, or whatever. Um, but if I didn't know how to swim, it was not going. You couldn't go. There was no. You didn't get to go to the water park. You didn't get right. to do anything like that. You know, um, even on a boat. Before I got on, even on boats and stuff, my folks said you, you need to know how to swim, or else you can't go go down. We couldn't even go to the lake or do anything like that. And we was on the land just messing with fishing poles. No, you can't even do that around water because. 
Drowning is silent. In the movies, they see, no, you don't even know. It was, uh, I want to say about two weeks ago, about a month ago, here recently, somebody lost their children due to drowning in Dallas Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's very real, and a lot of parents really don't know how to teach their kids how to swim. Amen. Yeah, they don't because they don't know how. In the black community, it's just not something that most people do. You know, you know, a lot of black I mean, people. but it's pools everywhere. But it's pools everywhere. I heard, and I don't know why. I can't tell you why black people. But it's just one of those things. It's just certain, it's just I, I, don't, I didn't have that, no choice. It's just certain things that there's certain okay. things that black people just don't do. Like black people don't go out and camp. Is it know? because. <laughs> They don't, cause I went camping with one of my friends. I'm not saying that black people won't do it, but, but it just, when I went it. camping with them, there was no black people down there. So it's just not something. And that swimming, do. yeah, it is. It's just not something. Why? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because it's affordable. It's like five dollars to go swimming, so it's not like it's expensive or right. overly pricey. So but why you, do you but think? You also, but you also price is think- now not an excuse. But you also got to think about you also got to think about the majority of the black community. It's just not something that people see and do. And it's fun. A lot of people in the black community, they want to go play basketball. They want to go play football. You know what I mean? They're not thinking about. But that's not going to save your life. If the boat I wanted to play football, too, and I do. But we couldn't even go near water. My family didn't even let us near water until we knew how to swim. Right. And there are and, people in my family who don't know how to swim, so they can't right. right. And I'm not saying I'm not and you're right. People should be more yeah. uh be more excited about learning how to swim, but it's just one of those to things. Swim. It's just one of them things where yeah, but you're saying black people don't want to do a lot of them don't really want it's yeah. not something they think about. And that doing. might be true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, they, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I grew up like I told you, I grew up with that and I never had a big deal. Or, but I know a lot of my black friends, I guess because I did grow up in the country. A lot of them, uh, they did know how to swim, but they swam out in the lakes, not you know swimming pools. But we they had lakes and stuff. And, you know, nowadays there's really no excuse nowadays because there's pools and lakes everywhere. And. So nowadays, price cannot be an excuse on not knowing how to swim. Like, uh, you know, there's ways to learn. I told this one guy, if you can learn how to play an instrument on whatever he said, YouTube, then you can learn how to swim. So nowadays, there's really no excuse on how to do something. There are so many tutorials on how to do stuff, books for dummies or books for whatever it is. I learned how to swim by watching somebody. I couldn't read the, you know, the manual where it has all these lines on the different strokes. I, I, I told the dude, just jump in the water so I can see what I need to be doing. I, I couldn't read all those books. That, that That's another reason I think that a lot of black people don't want to take formal swimming. Because when you start to take formal swimming, it goes from maybe a two-hour, you know, something like a two-hour workout, and then it expands sometimes to six hours a day. So I guess you're right. A basketball practice ain't for the last, you know, six hours. No. So uh, I see what you mean that that is 
it could be maybe uh, out of reach, maybe for some black people, just like the time most black people like this girl said, I ain't finna spend six hours a day. Oh, my God. Mm. Swimming uh, for formal swimming. Right. What were you going to say? Um, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, they're just not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I don't know why, because like I said, I'm a black person and I ain't afraid of, of water because I... It cost five dollars to swim up there when we were kids. I mean, five dollars. Everybody had five dollars. You know what I'm saying? And we paid to swim up there. And the, and the swim lessons at that time was like, you know, like uh, they would teach so many kids in a group, and each person paid, you know, twelve dollars or something, or something per person, or whatever the case. So there was never an excuse to not know how to swim down there because it was reduced for people. They had like a scholarship program. If you couldn't afford the the stuff. There was like the YMCA to this day still has a scholarship program for certain activities at, at the facility. So nowadays there is no excuse to not know how to swim. There is too much going on out here to not <laughs> swim. Oh my goodness. Right. Um, right. But you had a point. Right. So very good point. So you um so in high school, you started training that at the USA swimming camps at Texas AM, right? Yes. Tell, tell me yes. about tell me about those. And so you had you had mentors, right? Who who your who your ment who were those early mentors? Uh, is one of the guys' name is is it Joe? Am I right, Joe? Joe? Who who those who were your mentors early on that kind of helped you? You know, with 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 with, with those early sessions. Talk to me about teachers. That. Just like a lot of my teachers. Um, my teachers were a part of my life. Um, some mentors of mine uh, were a part of my life. My teacher, uh, she was a great person. Uh, Miss Aura Jackson, she was always, that was her name. Uh, I don't know her, her her married name is, but that was her name in school, Miss Jackson. And uh, she was a big part of my life and telling me and encouraging me and telling me that I can do swimming, that it didn't matter the color of my skin and all that stuff. But I, I girl who was the same age as me, she said she didn't want to do swimming uh, because she said that she thought that it made her darker. Well, mm -hmm. it's chlorine. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was weird what she said to me. I said, how does it make you darker? Right. She didn't say. <laughs> so I don't know what, where that came from. Right, right, I right, right. I'm so sure. So how, how would, how would those so and, when you were training when you were training at Texas A and M, how would what were those sessions like? Uh, what were those what were those training sessions like? Were they those they were hard, they were six hours a day. So like we would get up and do water workouts in the morning or you know, water workouts and then they would take a break and then come back in the afternoon and we would do dry land stuff like uh, lifting weights, running, uh, you know, anything dealing with dry land. That workout alone was three hours, and the just the effort to have to do all that. This was in high school. Just the the effort that it takes. Like you have to eat right. Like when you start competing and stuff. Like and the camp was about nutrition. They had a whole like tutorial on nutrition and why you shouldn't drink sodas during certain parts of the year and why you shouldn't drink alcohol if it's you know, just di different things. They talked mm -hmm. about consumption of 
of different things. Yes, we're in high school, but they're saying as you get older, these are also things you should not do. And mm -hmm. alcohol was the one that was kind of tossed to the side because you shouldn't with swimming. I don't know about other sports. I'm talking about with swimming because the water, your body does this sometimes in the water and you don't want to be drinking alcohol right. <laughs> and you end up going to sleep in the water because you're thinking that you, right. you know, because your body is supported by water. Right. But Water is not a water bed per se, and you can right. literally go under the water. Exactly. You can't better not be drinking no alcohol. That's the reason they told us not to do it. <laughs> um, okay, I'm telling it, you, man, but, uh, you make the right decisions. No, no, no. Yeah. I think I think part of being an athlete is requires a certain level of discipline. You know, I mean, right. if, you wanna, if you want to be great, mm -hmm. if you want to, like, if you want to, like anything else, right? I. You know, because I work in the music industry, yeah. and I always tell people, okay, if you want to be successful in this yeah. in, in this in this in this career, what are you willing to what are right. you willing to give up along the way? What are you or willing sacrifice? To, right, to, <laughs> right. To be successful, and when I and when I was um, doing these things in these camps, yeah, you might have to get up at you know early in the morning. Your friends are sleeping in on Saturdays, but you got to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to a, a swim or things like that. So yeah, people sacrifice their time, transportation, finances. It will, it's a big deal. And that camp was several thousand dollars. It's very expensive. It's not cheap. Mm. It wasn't back then. I don't know what it is today, but it wasn't cheap. <laughs> Interesting. Was. Interesting. So, you know, mm -hmm. so you, you graduated high school and then you joined a couple of Tarrant County swimming teams, right? After high school, right? I, yeah, I uh, I joined. I actually joined Special Olympics. Actually, joined uh, with the teams there. Uh, I joined with Halton City Champions for swimming because they had you know adults and stuff. And then um, I had joined after that with South Lake Sharks. Okay, yep. and both of those teams are kind of up under the umbrella of Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. Okay, very nice, very nice. And then, but you also played basketball and a little bit of flag football under, with Special Olympics as well, too, right? Yes, I played the sports I played. I did track and field, um, flag football, swimming, bocce, and track and field. I played five sports with you. Okay, so five. you did. Okay, so you did. You Isn't did. that something? Yeah, so you didn't do basketball then, or did you? I did basketball, yeah. So I did track and field, basketball, flag um, football, bocce, swimming, and flag football. Yep. Cool, cool. So did all five of those sports. <laughs> cool. So how how were those? But obviously, swimming is still the main thing, right? So so how how what how was? Repeat that again. I said swimming, even though you did all those five sports, swimming was still the main, your right. main love. Swimming main, was the main, yeah. Right, right, right. But you had a... But, swimming. Right. Uh, I right. think you, you probably felt like swimming, swimming would take you the... Main. Yeah, because you finally felt like it would take you the farthest, right? Than the other sports. Yes, I felt like that's right. I felt like because I already had the skills to do it. 
at a high level, and I felt like uh, it would uh, it would help me in my life. Sure did. Awesome. So, so now, so you, so, uh, then you know, you you go to Seattle to compete, right? So, and you started winning the right. We went to Seattle. So this is this is still yeah, with Special Olympics, right? It is still with Special Olympics, and that was in 2018, 2019. Went to uh, Seattle and I competed in a uh, relay. I competed in a relay. I competed in the 100 yard freestyle. I believe the 200 yard individual medley, and and uh, so and I you know so I did very very well in the breaststroke. I did very well. Uh, with that, uh, so I think I did very well in in all of those disciplines, and won you know I won those medals, and I'm proud of what I did, and I'm proud of winning those. Um, oh, that's you know, that's great. why I'm, those oh, yeah. you know my world games. Oh, I'm proud of winning, and that's why they're still hanging up uh, because it's something that I earned. I mean, I'm not, Ab- absolutely. Now, some of the other things, and you, are, sh- like, and you should be, you should be right, very I proud. You should be very, very proud of oh, no doubt of your accomplishments for sure. Um, you know, when I was a kid, so when I was a kid, they used to have. Cause I live here in Orlando, Florida, so at the time they had like the say the disabled uh, track and field team. So I would go compete in the races and right things like that. But you know, it was it was it was a real races. Like everybody kind of you know it was one of them things where like. Everybody kind of won. You kind of like, know where everybody gets a medal. That was the pre- yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean. So it yeah, was just they, <laughs> but out here in Texas, it's huge. They have their own TV network and all of it, and they, you know, they own the TV rights and all it. Like they have their own network on YouTube and all that. But I told somebody, no, I want to learn how to be myself, be my own brand. I don't want to be fame off the back of some. Else, but I'm not getting paid. Goodbye. I don't want to do stuff like that. I'm disabled and I, I want to be able to have a brand like you. Have like you. Have something that I can fall back on. I'm proud of my accomplishments in Special Olympics, but I'm 34 years old. That's not going to pay the bills and you're not allowed to get paid in that program at all whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, no. those, you're not allowed to get it's one of those things where now you have to learn how to take those things that gave you a platform and make that into right. something. Right. I got you. I got you. Um, that's right. And that's why. Go ahead. No. So, so continue. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? What I was going to say was being able to accelerate in the next part of my life. And that's, being able to talk about my book and being able to expand that book as things progress in my life. Um, Friday, I go on a radio show. For an example, a lady wants me to come come uh, down there uh, and she wants me on uh, her radio uh, show. Um, and I told her, certainly I would do that because it doesn't matter if the show's big or small. It's about you have connections that I don't have. And that's that's something that a lot of times people don't look at. They might look at the size of the audience. Look that right. shit. They have a big audience, but they're not willing to sit down and work with you or help you. This lady is willing to sit down and, and work with me. That's a big deal. 
Exactly. And that's that's a big deal. exactly. You know, any platform that gives you opportunity. You want people I, that can teach you. Yeah, and I tell people all the time. I tell artists all the Ryan, time. Right, she is, and she was like, "I'm." Anybody that's willing to give you a platform, no matter how big or small, is worth it. Right, go use. You, you know, so it's worth it every day when right. somebody says, "I'm going to do this and do that." You know, like the right. National Speakers Association. I'm going to X, Y, and Z do this, even though. You know, they're in another part, you know, that I can't get to. They said, then we might send somebody to come get you. So there's always ways that people are working to figure out, okay, how can we get this person on the show? or in? And if people are willing to do that, you take those opportunities like that. Like that lady said, you get a car to her, she'll come. Right. But as far as me paying hundreds of dollars for cash and this and that, no. No, because I only make this much money. I'm not, I'm not fixing the paper cabs and stuff if I don't have to. I ride the bus for a reason. I move where I'm at for a reason because it allows me to uh, get back and forth easily. The bus is right outside my front door. So it's a blessing when people give you opportunities and say, I am going to pour whatever it is into your life. There's another lady who I was talking to at the Capitol. She wants me to possibly work with their organization and travel. I said, okay. She said she possibly wants to go to Washington, D.C. next month. She said uh, once she gets back from Florida, she'll have a better idea. So those are all blessings that I'm like, yes, I would like to go to Washington, D.C. Yes, I want to, you know what I mean, be able to see the um, museum, you know, African history and stuff there. If we have time, I say yes now. Because these are things I'm not able to do in Special Olympics. They don't go to black museums. They don't care about black folks not in texas oh no they're not gonna go tour anything like that no no so it's 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 about being informed and changing your life to move forward with being informed with what's going on uh not only in the state but just um nationally and what happened and once you what's going on nationally it helps you as a person to be more politically active once you know what's going on that's what, where I want my life to move forward and not be able to tell my story bit by bit, piece by piece in a professional way also. Kind of like what we're doing here on this show. Right, exactly, exactly. I, and I totally, I totally respect that. I totally respect that. Um, now, I watched your interview on ESPN. That was pretty cool. I mean, I love, I really appreciate your passion. Right. And your determination for making a difference in others by using your gift of sport, right. right? So how did how did that ESPN how right. did that ESPN interview take place? Like how did that come together for you? That came together really well. Uh, I won a medal, and uh, the lady, and I didn't know it was going to go on actual television. See, that I did not know. Okay. But um, I know the interviews, some interviews just ended up on, you know, they're online, but this played on TV, TV across the country um, because okay. the lady has said they switched it from that because I was very articulate on the air. I was very precise and on point. Um, and that's what that's what they want when you're on the air. That lady said, man, she told me off camera, you can get a job doing this because you're able to. When the light is on, you're able to focus on what's going on. You're not like the other athletes looking around. I said, because I'm not, you know, I'm going to stay on task. And I'm going to do, you know, what I needed to do. And it was a great interview. I think several uh, 
it got a lot of views. I don't remember how many, but it got a lot of views. Uh, I, you know, I never benefited from it financially. I will say that. Especially if it's benefited from the interview, but I, I never got anything financially because people ask me to this day, did you do anything financially from that? That answer is no, I got zero dollars from that interview. Right. right. Zero dollars. And well, that's, know, that's right. the part in my life that has to change. Right. And so, Go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, you and I have been talking off, off, off. You know, just between you and you know, between just our conversations and and how how and I've given you some right. advice on, on how, how how you should go about doing it, but it's definitely a process. You know, it's definitely a process. Oh, uh, it's a big, it's a big undertaking to rebrand yourself. That's what this lady called it, rebranding me. Exactly. And so that's what she wants to do. Exactly. It's rebranding. Cool. So, uh, so I want to uh, talk. And, I wanna, I'm, and I'm ready for the rebranding. <laughs> exactly. And it can be done. It can be done. You know, it's taken me a while to build my brand yeah. and to get to the point where I'm at. Every, look, nothing worth anything is ever going to be easy. Right? <laughs> so you just got to But you keep, also have to be willing to put in the effort. Exactly. 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 So, um, I want to talk about some of your other passions outside of sports and competition. And you're somebody okay. that's really passionate about activism, right? So. Yeah. Activism. Act yes. Yeah, so, yes. So, so, so tell me some of your, what about activism gets you going? What about activism excites you? Talk, talk to you about that. Well, right now, uh, you know, Mr. Hireland, uh, you know, I ran into him. Um, and I also told Mr. Harlan my story and we did a video and that video kind of talked a little bit about some of that. Um, but Mr. Harlan is pouring into my life and understanding also that I also want to be uh, politically involved because Mr. Harlan said, who are you? Uh, what do you bring to uh, the world and those type of things? And I told Mr. Harlan that uh what i what i hope to bring to the world is through uh through being informed going to stuff like going to austin going out here and talking about voter rights i'm in texas right we we are dealing with serious issues in our state right. I, I i don't hardly ever go to austin texas twice in one week no we went there twice because there, we're on the special session, and it's a lot going on, and you can just feel the, I don't know if you want to call it tension, but I don't know. It just feels like not the tension of the crowd or, or the people outside, but in the building, because when other people went to try to talk to these lawmakers, let's be honest, some of them got doors shut in their face. Some, you know, we're talking about Republican people. They shut the doors in these people's face, didn't want to talk to them, none of that. So, you know, it's like, how can you say on one hand, we want to compromise or do this or do that. But then on the other hand, you're not even allowing the, pro the, the people uh, through a movement. That movement was called Let My People Vote. Right. And you can hashtag that and you will see that particular movement because we're t people are tired. It was a lady speaking up there and saying, I got in trouble with the law because she had, I guess she had a record. She completed the time in the jail or whatever, you know, she went in and she was done in the jail. 
So she thought once that was completed, she could vote. Well, you can't do that. Um, you have to go through some process or something like that. And she didn't know. And so she went on and voted because the people, you know, they saw her name on a thing and they waved in to vote. The next thing she knows, she can't vote. So that's the stuff that people are tired of. It's like y'all aren't informing us when we come out of jail, out of prison about even voting laws. When you come out of jail or prison, they just give you your clothes back and your stuff. And it's up to you to figure out stuff like that. That's what that lady said. And yeah. Texas is and not I, informing. I, and I know that my, my mom's in prison. So I know about. Oh, man. Yeah, all that. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. it's, it's just definitely. So, you yeah. know, what we're, they don't inform you. And you would think, you know, prison, they, they she said they give formal education, but they're not. They allow you to get your education in prison. But she said, as far as things like voting and all that, she said, man, she said they're not teaching that in prison, man. She said they're teaching you your formal education. But all right. the other stuff you left on your own to figure that out. Right. She said, wow. Right. And she didn't know. And she's right. uh, trying to get the chart, you know, get the stuff arranged so she doesn't get in trouble anymore for, for voting and not knowing it. She can go to jail for that or be summoned. Right, you know, to a courtroom for that. That's what she said. Yeah, right. and and that's why we march, and that's why I march because it's weird voting laws, and and then you have African Americans and people losing their lives. Uh, George Floyd and other people, mm -hmm. um, a Jefferson. That lady lost her life out here in Fort Worth um, at the hands of the police, and they talk about that all the time. That she, um, she was a good person, and so stuff like that. Um, the, the other African-American lady who lost her life in a jail right. um, uh, out here in Texas. So it's stuck. people are tired of it. No matter what it's for, uh, people are tired of it. People are tired of being told that you can you can vote, but this person can't. Or a lot of African-Americans or Mexicans are like, hey, man, we, we can't afford these IDs. And I said, if they're going to, this is what this dude said, they're going to mandate that um then they said the state should pay pay for these uh, these voter ids we're not talking about your driver's license or a state id they say they want to make something that actually says like voter id in the corner and i'm like well if right. you're trying to do that then why can't you just keep your driver's license you know what i'm saying and just put like a little you know how they have the symbols on there for the heart or yeah. whatever why can't y'all do that for registered voters to say okay this person is registered so as long as your driver's license is good for five years or whatever it is, then you're registered to vote for that length of time. I thought they could bridge it together like that instead of creating a separate right. card altogether. But somebody was like, oh, no, he was a he. This guy, I was like, he was a Republican. He was like, oh, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? You have a driver's license or state ID, and you mean to tell me you'd rather create a, a separate card a separate car, but you don't want to put the symbol on there. That makes no sense on a driver's license. You could just put something on there like I'm a voter or something like that. Something. You're right. And they, they, I, can, they can make it easier. But Texas is the, I'm serious. It is one of the hardest states they said to vote in. But I've never, me personally, I've never had a problem voting in Texas. I'll have to be honest with that. I've never had a problem because my paperwork is in order. But they said at that meeting, if you have one little address off or one little thing, they might not let you vote. Right. Like if your apartment number says 102, but it's supposed to say 107, 
then then you have a problem. Right. They won't even let you vote in some cases. Right. So yeah, that's why it's so hard. Yes, sir. Interesting. Interesting. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. It's that stickler here. Yeah. And then they want to do the verify your signature and all that. And this lady said they need to get rid of verifying the signature. She said, because y'all are not, y'all have physical eyes looking at these signatures, but you're not, are you running them through a machine? Do you know all of the Texas is so behind, yo? Like they, they are absolutely just so behind. Our state is so behind in everything that we have going on when it comes to certain certain things in our state. When it comes to voting, anyway, I'll say that. Right, right. Interesting. So, um, you're also you're also passionate about motivational speaking. That's something you really yes. Learned. So. Uh, so why did you want to get involved and make waves in motivational speaking? What about motivational speaking excites you? Because I think I think I can tell my story. Um, I want to tell my story. I want to be able to tell my story and let people know who I am as a person and all that good stuff. And if I can do that, then it'll make my life, I will say, uh, a lot easier just being able to tell my story through public speaking, but also in a professional way too. And being able to get with people who know how to deal with public speaking and make it work. That that is what you want. You want people that can tell your story in a proper way, but you you know your story best. And that's why I want to do public speaking, because it will allow me to also promote my book in a professional way instead of just on social media or Twitter or you know what I mean? You're promoting your book with authors, other speakers. That's more professional, if, that's, if that makes sense. Right. Definitely. 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 Yeah. You want yeah. it to be on a professional platform and you want to have more eyes on it. And so, right. uh, you know, I'm hoping with Mr. H- Mr. Uh, Harlan, he is going to really pour a lot into me and a lot of know-how. He said he wants to bring something called know-how uh, to the table. That's good. That's what he said. He said, I want to bring know-how to you and teach you how to uh, provide for yourself in the public speaking realm. And I told him, I want to learn. I definitely uh, want to learn. Let me uh, shut this door real quick. Yeah, I definitely want to learn, my brother. I I want to learn and be able to, uh, to learn from people in the industry. And the only way to learn from people in the industry is going to the Biggest association, the National Speakers Association. I told Mr. Harden about it, and I told him that my goal is to be able to work with them because that that's the place that's going to know what they're talking about. There's not too many places that's above them. They are the premier, you know what I mean? That is what they do. They are the National Speakers Association, and it means a lot if they can get something set up. He said he's going to look at trying to get a car out here to me also. Um, so I told him, just let me know what I need to do in that regard. He said he will. Okay. It's cool. a big deal to be able to tell your story on a stage. Yes, exactly. 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 That's right. Um, so you wrote a book. I right? did write a book. So called yes. Swimming Upstream to Realize the Dream. Right. So tell yes. me about the inspiration behind the book. What was the, what made you want to write the book? 
I just what made me write the book is to tell my story again in a professional way where it's written on paper. Cause I, a ghostwriter did that. I'll be honest. I don't like, I didn't physically write the book. Uh, shout out to the ghostwriter. Um, they did, but being able to tell my story, that's what the ghostwriter likes. The ghostwriter likes that you can, they'll take your story, record it, but they like the fact that you can tell your story and style subject and all of those things. And, uh, you know, richly deserved. I mean, being able to work with a ghostwriter and being able to have a book out, then it will allow you to expand and add more content in that book. So like the Library of Congress, even if you do a second book, it's still considered like one book, you know, et cetera, because it's still under that title, under that. You're just doing a second volume of that book with more content. So yeah, you learn like little things every day uh, about writing a book, what needs to be added. And uh, it's going to be a big deal to know what's going to be added and stuff like that. Interesting. 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 And how has the book been received so far? I mean, the people have people, how long has the book been out? Um, It's on Amazon. It's been out for, I would say a couple of months now, uh, not even a year. Um, so it's been out for a couple of months. Okay. And, and, and people have people have gotten good reviews on it so far. Someone did write a review on it. Um, and others have called me telling me that they like the book, the ones who involved it and they like it. I actually, uh, did a podcast. I think I'm going to tag you in that. A guy, another gentleman did another podcast on me and he liked the book and he said he bought it. He said, he said, it's a very good read for somebody that, he said, he said he was surprised. He said, I know that you don't have a lot of resources and money. No, I don't. But he said, you have a lot of common sense and, and know-how and be able to talk to people and connect with people to get things done. And a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't go to somebody and say, hey, can you help me write this and be articulate about it? You know, and that's what I've been able to do. I've been able to get people into my life. Um, you know, you, you have to be your own self-advocate at my age. I'm 34 years old. My mom and daddy ain't going to be an advocate for me. Yeah, they, they promote what I have or whatever the case may be, but they're not, you know, they're not holding my hand, okay? And when you're 37 years old, people shouldn't have to hold your hand, but you do want to get advice from people. Even if you're writing a book, you can go to somebody else and say, hey, what can I do to make this better? There's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with that because that's not begging. That's saying, what can I do to make myself a better person in whatever it is I'm trying to do? Public speaking, for example, writing books, singing, whatever it is, I've been able to go to people and say, can you do this? My book, um, the gentleman, he wrote it. He, he uh, turned over all the rights to me so that I have the rights to the book. That's what you want. He said, and the reason I do that is because if you know, if you make it someday, that'll make my name look good. That'll make me look good because I, and the man didn't charge me. He said, he said, I'm not going to charge you to write the book because I see potential. And I'm going to write a smaller volume of the book. So he felt like because he could professionally get what he needed into the book, he didn't charge me for writing the book. Some of these publishing companies, you have to pay them just to write a small volume book like mine. Right. That might be five grand just right. to get the process started. But if somebody like a commercial publisher sees potential in your story, they do their research. That's what he did and came back to me. 
So that's important that you have enough what they call content out there so that people are interested in what it is you're doing. And that it's good content. You don't want silly content out there, things with people fighting or arguing on your page or, right. you, know, or right. you know, like physical fighting on video and things like that. No, you uh, you want to be professional and get things done in a professional way. And when people see that you're trying to do those things, uh, Mr. Harlan said, because he sees that I'm trying to do these things, he uh, wants to pour into my life. He's got over 90,000, 100,000 followers just on LinkedIn alone. That's connections. He's got connections to all kinds of stuff. You want to deal with people who are professional at what they do, and he's a military veteran and all that. You know, Mr. Harley is very professional. I, I really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, so I want to end the episode. We're nearing the end here. And uh-huh. just talk to me about some of the daily struggles you have living with a disability. And take people kind of inside, you know, because people have no idea uh, about what the daily grind is or what we have to do right. with, with disabilities to just live our lives. So kind of what what are some of the things that you deal with on a daily basis that it can be it can be somewhat difficult being disabled um for me because like people people sometimes write you off, especially if you have a, like a vision disability, they don't think you can see. They don't think you can catch a ball or swim. I was told I would never be able to catch a ball. I was told that. And that's not true. You know, I've never let somebody, a doctor or somebody tell me because you think my vision is this, that I shouldn't do this or do that. Um, and you go to other doctors and whatnot in your life and you seek other opinions because if, if I had a believer, if my family just would have took me to that one little doctor, then I would have believed this person because they're a doctor. I'm not, I'm not educated. I, you know. But when you go to other places and they give you that second opinion, now you're feeling a little bit better uh, about being able to play sports because now you have doctors and people saying, give it a try. Just see how it works. And so when people push you in your life to get out of difficult situations, push you gently, not shove you, push you gently in your life to try to get out of the struggles that you live in and teach you how to get out of those again. Like for me, I'm visually impaired, but somebody else who has that same kind of disability they might not be, their finances may be better or whatever. And so somebody like that who may have a disability, doesn't matter what the disability is, they might be able to help me in other ways. So that's, it's very difficult uh, being visually impaired. Um, I need a machine called an OrCam. OrCam is the machine that um, I'm trying to get. The state of Texas is trying to get it. Also for me, but all those offices were shut down during the pandemic. So it's like the waiting list. I'm still waiting to get devices. And that's the biggest thing I need in my life. My grandmother once told me if you have the tools, right, to do your job, because not everybody has the resources. We're talking about money. But if you have the tools to do your job, then you will be able to make something of yourself. But if you don't have the tools to do your job, then you lose focus and will to succeed to do anything in your life. And if people are willing, like the state of Texas told me, we are we are trying frantically to try to get all this stuff caught up. But I mean, it's a long waiting list. And so right. I in my life to get the or account, or account, 
it would it would be life changing for me because I have astigmatism and stropia. Astigmatism and stropia is what I have, and that's where it's like looking through a telescope, but it's kind of moving like this, right? And when you are looking through a telescope, it's not moving, and so that's why I don't like reading because I get headaches. I don't want to be looking at words and. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because it, it, no, I get. I don't want to. Yeah, you know, because you're looking at books, yeah, and man. people and people might not people might not know that you struggle with that. So I'm glad that you know. Yeah, you look, just, like people don't realize reading like paper is hard on your eyes. That's why, like on the settings on your phone, you you can change the background to black. That's a lot easier on your eyes. But looking at white pages, I got oh yeah, my I, I keep all my, I keep all the the backgrounds. Uh, dark. Me too, but on a book, a, a physical book, you're screwed. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Right. You can't do any of that on a physical book. So, um, so what I've done is I told the state of Texas to sign me up for a program called the Talking Book Program. Everybody, write that down. Those are generally, depending on resources, generally in every state, but it's called a Talking Book Program because I said I'd be darned if I'm going to be stupid. I want to learn. And if I can learn through automation or learn through learning, audio learning, I'm going to learn somehow. I'm going to be informed somehow about what's going on in this world. Because nowadays, even if you can't physically read something, you can listen to it. Audible.com, all these websites are now life-changing because I can now listen to the Bible online. I can, you know, when there was no internet, I just, I, you know, if somebody asked me before in the 90s, how did I make, you know, the internet wasn't on, let's be honest, it wasn't that great. Before. And they just didn't have technology for people with visual impairments and stuff. And the Oricam, they didn't have that. Who knows? They didn't have stuff like that. You know, and, and, and if you had to read something, you had a tutor for that, or a human, a person. Right. And, uh, you know, that's embarrassing because then people think you're stupid and I don't got time, you know, I don't got time for those things. Understood. Understood. Um, you know, but you can do anything with you with your mind to, for real. So. Absolutely. Ab so absolutely. No doubt. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, you know, uh, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on, uh, they can find me on, uh, Instagram, um, Golden Ashton US. They can also find me on uh, Facebook um, under my name, of course, Ashton Smith, and they'll type in my town, Waxahachie, W-A-X-A-H-A-C-H-I-E, and they'll find me on there. Uh, and they can also find me on YouTube under that. You know, you'll you'll see uh, Golden Ashton for that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way for people to find me. Twitter, they can also find me under... Uh, Golden Ashton there too. So I think it's a great thing. They can also find my book on Amazon, Swimming Up Streams, Realize the Dream. That is also uh, on Amazon, and those folks can find me there. There's also a website, goldenashton.us, where they can click on that book if they want to purchase the book. The t shirts for that right now, the guy who's running that website, he's not making those t shirts, so I have to put that out there right now. With the book, that link will take you straight to Amazon uh, on that website. Yes, sir. 
Awesome, Ashley. Well, look, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming. It's been a pleasure and, talking and be, to you. And being my guest today, guys. This has been no doubt. episode number 28. 28, of the, okay. Of the, of, of the Encourage Inspire podcast. And I'm your host, Darrell Peart. And until next time, I'm out of here. Awesome. Peace. All right. Awesome. Well, this was great.